Hi friends, welcome to Co-Airs the Podcast. My name is Diamond James. I am a daughter, I'm a friend, I am a creative in my own way. Um, I'm a storyteller and a licensed therapist. And while I am a therapist, this is not a substitute for therapy. So much of the world's conversation focuses on what we can do, create and produce, how well we can achieve a goal. But this is a space where I invite you to focus on your being self, who you are when you're not producing. So thank you for joining me on this journey of tending to and watering our being selves. A few weekends ago, I was having a conversation with someone and one of the topics that came up was navigating adulthood in a digital age. And uh, can I just say (laughs) that the older generations did not prepare us to navigate adulthood in a digital age. And understandably so. The context we're living in is not the context they lived in, okay? And I realized that I am in this middle space where I remember life without all of the digital social media stuff. Um, but obviously, you know, I grew up or and, and am growing up in a space where I am acquainted and familiar with the ins and outs of, you know, digital spaces. And so in this conversation recently, we talked about how as younger adults, there are multiple ideals and norms that we're trying to sift through to figure out who we are and how to show up in this world. Whereas in the, in the past, one of the biggest influences in forming our identities was family and those we were in close proximity to in real life. But now we have that, you know, family And also we have people we're exposed to in digital spaces. And so many of us are wrestling with what's being normalized online and also the norms and expectations of how we should live our lives based on our families of origin. And when I say should, definitely in quotations. So in this particular conversation, we talked about how hard it can be sometimes to show up honestly within the world because you may feel a pressure to conform to a certain way of presenting yourself. We have our families, you know, that want us to um, carry the family name well, whatever that means in your context. And then, you know, we have various platforms that we're trying to show up in to be successful. If it's LinkedIn, literally a platform that's solely focused on what you do on your work professional accomplishments. And so we're trying to figure out how do I show up in that space and and how do I I form my identity based on that space or we have spaces like IG and TikTok where it's not necessarily about professional accomplishments although that's there but you're just like overall showing your best self whether it's celebrations engagements trips outfits you know all the things we're just trying to figure out what part of ourselves should we show and reveal to those around us But one thing that um, I and I'm sure many of us have come to realize is that not many of us are sharing their lives when they're experiencing hardship or are struggling and suffering. That's oftentimes when people go silent. You know, when we get MIA, we deactivate our profiles, all of it. And there's no shame or judgment in that, but it can reveal an underlying message that in the state of hardship or struggle, you're supposed to hide. And when we function in this way, consciously or not, 
it's as if experiencing suffering is abnormal or isn't a common part of the human condition. Oftentimes, it takes a person to show up honestly and begin to talk about their struggle or suffering before other people over time normalize talking about it too. The thing about experiencing hard times and and suffering, um, what makes it more bearable is when we know we're not the only ones. When our pain can be witnessed and identified by others. When someone can say, hey, me too. That's what makes it a little bit more bearable. Now, I can't recall... What at what point in my life I learned about this concept of the bystander effect? Um, all of my higher education has been in like social sciences, studying people, all that type of stuff. But essentially, the bystander effect is a theory about human behavior that says when you're in the midst of a problem or some sort of distress, or when you notice trouble, more times than not, everyone assumes that another person will step up and intervene. Consequently, everyone does nothing (laughs) because we're looking at each other to make the first move. So, for example, if you're walking down the block and there's quite a few people around and you see an incident, you're probably going to walk on by because there are multiple people around and you'll assume, well, someone else that's witnessing it will step up. And when everyone does this and has this way of thinking, it never leads to the situation actually being resolved. (laughs) Um, those who study human behavior have shown within different experiments that there's a lesser percentage of people who will report something or intervene and help when there are more people in that space. Now, when it's just them or not as many people present during an incident, then they may be more inclined to speak up or step out. Now, you're probably asking, how is this relevant? (laughs) I believe we can sometimes engage in the bystander effect when it comes to normalizing suffering or sharing our suffering with others. We may perpetuate the cycle of only showing our best but hiding other human experiences while waiting for someone else to make the first move and talking about their pain or suffering. We wait for someone else to take the risk first in showing up honestly, although we know something within us may ache to do the same. Many people present a version of themselves that highlights more of what's going well, more adventure, more of the positive life milestones, which may not be a false self. Maybe it is, (laughs) but it's an incomplete version of themselves. There are parts of them behind the scenes that's experiencing pain, that's experiencing angst, heartbreak, feeling inadequate, feeling lost or unsure of their purpose, parts of themselves that's longing for someone to see them in that state. And while these are common human experiences and human desires, it's common experiences everyone is trying to hide from each other and not talk about. And because of this, it can leave onlookers or people we're connected to feeling isolated or ostracized because they don't see anyone talking about or showing their struggles. We're more vocal about success than we are suffering. And this isn't just a pattern that's present online, but some of us function like this with people who we're connected to offline. 
we get together, we talk about what's going well, you know, we kiki and totally dodge making space to talk about hard human experiences. In our struggles with being vulnerable, we can keep those in our lives at bay by only sharing what's going well. And when we're all hesitant to show up honestly, it keeps our relationship surface. It continues the cycle of suffering and silence. And it continues having people feel isolated. The bystander effect perpetuates this cycle so well. (laughs) And in the context of showing up honestly, it keeps us in a cage where we know we need to get out because this current way of doing things isn't serving us. We want to get out because we don't feel well when we're not showing up honestly. And we may even know we're not the only ones within this cage of not showing up honestly. But for some reason, we're still in the cage, (laughs) looking around at others, waiting for someone else to unlock the cage first. Sit with that visualization for a bit. Imagine birds sitting in a cage, knowing what needs to be done to get out, feeling uneasy being in the cage, and yet still waiting for others to make the first move. That is the bystander effect. Within the study of human behavior, um, there are some theories as to why people engage in the bystander effect. And one of the ones that I wanted to talk about was the diffusion of responsibility. So basically, that means you don't feel as responsible Um, Or you don't feel as if you have as much of a responsibility to the collective to step up and step out. The theory essentially is saying that the more people are present, the less you feel responsible to do something. When, in fact, I'd like to propose the idea that the more people there are, that doesn't mean you do nothing. (laughs) That means that the more we must challenge ourselves to boldly show up honestly, because I believe we were created to stand out and not conform right, to combat against groupthink. The more people that are around, we need more boldness and audacity to not conform to the ways of the world. And let me tell you something. The world likes to hide, okay? (laughs) We like to put on and we like to hide. The bystander effect reminds me of this meme. So as I was kind of reading and thinking about the bystander effect, I thought about the video that's out there of Michael Jackson. And people have put words to it saying, when someone asks you to take a picture of them, and then like he says, "Mm -mm, get someone else to do it. (laughs) Now, a subset of my audience may not know what I'm talking about, and that's okay. Um, But instead of saying, "Mm -mm, get someone else to do it, why don't we allow ourselves to be the one to do it? And we can like answer and be like, well, it's scary and it's risky. But yeah, those are obvious answers. And at some point, we have to put that aside and really ask ourselves, why are we not allowing ourselves to be the one to disrupt the bystander effect and to begin to show up honestly? It's important to explore what are the underlying narratives that influence us in staying in the metaphorical cage. Yeah, I'm not denying that it is 100% nerve wracking to step up and show up honestly whether that's in your personal support system or if, you know, you're choosing to show up honestly digitally. It is nerve-wracking. And it is also uncomfortable to keep feeling alone and as if you're the only one experiencing hardship or suffering. 
In your corner of the world, not simply being a bystander matters. For yourself, first and foremost, so that you, your being self, may experience your own liberation. But also it's important so that you may be a model and and demonstrate a framework for those around you that may be longing to learn how to show up honestly in their own journeys. For those who are looking to learn how to be honest and say that they're not completely okay, that they're feeling unsure of themselves, that they're feeling insecure, that they're feeling disconnected and alone and as if they're in a rut, you know, Whatever that is that they're longing to express in their own journeys, you can be the blueprint of it. So today, really simple, I wanted to charge you and push you to not just be comfortable with participating in the bystander effect, to no longer be comfortable with being caged and waiting for someone else to open the cage, although you have the key to open the cage. I wanted to challenge you to lean into the discomfort of taking the initiative to show up in your world honestly, not just focusing on the great things that are happening for you and within you, and that's amazing, but also the other messy and sometimes hurtful human experiences that you're trying to navigate. It is a risk, and it can be a risk worth taking. So thank you for spending time with me today for listening and for accepting the invitation to journey with me. Thank you for inviting others on this journey. And please continue to invite others. No gatekeeping. (laughs) We are on this journey together. The journey of being and becoming first and foremost. And from that place, sharing with the world whatever gifts, talents, and skills we have. Remember, the earth is waiting for you. Rooting for you always.